0: crazy crazy truckers ever been driving down the highway and you see that going on no some of you guys were gonna drive like that i'm nervous when you get your licenses i'm sure that's gonna be how you're gonna drive how many of you guys have licenses by the way anybody who drives out there oh there's a few of you we need to be scared of i'll keep an eye on you out on the road all right have you ever been so tired it's hard to keep your eyes open anybody like english class maybe no no the worst History class. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's when you gotta bring you gotta bring the old toothpicks to class and like pluck your like keep your eyes open because like there's no other way. There's no other way. You ever been so tired you're just like dragging yourself around like you're just exhausted. You ever feel like hey I just need like a rest, a good sleep or a good nap. There's almost nothing. Pizza is always better, right? But, like, other than pizza, like, a good nap is just so, so good, right? Have you ever, though, like, let's say you – maybe you just feel emotionally exhausted. you ever felt that way? Like, your body's got energy, but emotionally, like, I just can't – I can't do it today. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, don't even talk to me. Like, yeah, some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about. You walk to school, your teacher's already, like, getting on your nerves a little bit, and you don't know what to do because, like, yeah, I'm here physically, I've got energy – but your voice is wearing me out real quick because something's going on inside. Like, you're emotionally just exhausted. Like, have you ever felt that way? Yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. about. How about spiritually? Have you guys ever experienced that? Where you're just, like, spiritually, you feel dry. You're like, man, I just don't... Maybe your hope is running low. You know, you feel maybe depressed or there's just so many things bothering you that, like, spiritually, you're like, God, I'm just not sure where I stand with you today. You wake up in the morning and you just go to talk to God and you're like, man, I can't even open Bible right now and read because I just feel like there's nothing in my spiritual tank right now. I can't even like pray because I just don't even know where I'd start this morning or maybe at the end of a long day where you faced a lot of challenges and maybe you failed a lot of challenges spiritually. And so you get to the evening time and you look back at your day and you're like, dude, I just have nothing left. I've messed up so much today, I just feel guilt, I feel shame, I just feel like I just failed all day long. Or I worked really hard against these trials, right, and I kind of did it in my own flesh, and so at the end of the day, I'm just like, man, I got nothing left. And there's a really cool passage in the Bible I want to share with you guys where Jesus talks about that very thing, and he offers us this incredible solution to when we just need a rest. And I'm not just talking about physical rest, which is super important. It's good to, like, sleep. It's good to eat well so that you actually have energy and you can do things. But even more importantly is that it all starts from a healthy place in your heart. And so Jesus is, like, in this passage offering us this incredible solution to get real rest, a rest that lasts beyond your physical tiredness or even your emotional level, Like right? It's your spiritual fortitude that Jesus is like, I want to give you rest. I want you to be able to wake up tomorrow and know that whether you're tired physically or emotionally, you could face this day because I'm with you. And so look at this passage with me. It's Matthew chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 28 to 30 real quick. It says this, Jesus is talking. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is looking at people and says, hey, if you're out there and you're tired, you've been working real hard and you're exhausted, I have a solution. I can give you rest. And it's a rest that goes as deep as your very soul. This is the best rest you'll ever get. It's better than a like, really good night's sleep. It's better than the best nap you've ever taken, right? This is something that from the inside out is going to change you. It's going to refresh you. It's going to allow you to push forward when you didn't even think you could. Because Jesus is at the center of it. And he talks about this thing called a yoke. He says, look at that last, that last verse. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's not talking about making eggs. right? That's not the yoke Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about this, this big wooden uh, tool that was used to link animals together, like big oxen. And they would put this thing on them and link them together. So as they pulled these like farm tools behind them to plow the ground, they'd be walking together in pace with each other. And one wouldn't be in front of the other going all over the place, but they'd work together. Like they were linked in the same mission of tilling that field. And so when Jesus is talking here, it's kind of weird to me. He's like, hey, you want rest? Put on this farm tool hanging around your neck and start plowing a field. (laughs) What? I thought you were offering me like a really good nap. I thought you were offering me something that would actually be restful. And you want me to go do farm work like an ox? Like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Why would you ask me to do that? And the beautiful part about this is that when you lock in with Jesus, with this yoke, when you get in step with Jesus, you know what Jesus is able to do? Because here in this verse, he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Unlike locking up with somebody else and pulling this big plow behind you, when you lock up with Jesus, you have the God of the universe pulling this thing. How much work do you really have to do? It's like, you know, you sit next to that really smart kid in class so that they like do all the works and like the projects that you do together, the team projects and that smart kid carries you. And you're just like kind of sitting there. You ever do that? Or was that just me? You'd sit by the people that you knew were going to do it. It's like, Jesus is like offering that, like, come sit next to me. Like, let me do the work. Put this thing on. Put this yoke on. Let's link together. If you're stepping in, in pace with Jesus in this, he's offering to do the pulling. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why? Because he's doing it all. He's doing the work as you link in with Jesus. But it takes something to do that. You don't just immediately go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sold. I'm buying in. You have to actually trust that other person, that when you lock that thing around your neck, they're not going to take off and start dragging you by your neck, right? Or make you do all the work. And so a lot of us, we don't want to link up with Jesus. We don't, we don't trust him enough. We don't know Jesus well enough to say, yeah, I can buy into that. Yeah, I'll put that on and, and link up and partner with you. Because there's this big hole in our hearts where trust should be. And what Jesus is really offering here. If you want rest, it starts off with trusting Jesus. You can't really be at rest. Now, here's really what the rest he's talking about. Have you ever ever felt anxiety? Ever been anxious? Ever been worried? Ever been like kept up at night? Ever felt depression or discouragement? Ever felt hopeless sometimes or just downright sad and broken? We all go through those moments, and it's in those very moments That there is no rest. When your heart is full of anxiety, you can't rest, you can't sleep. Jesus is looking deep inside us when he offers this. This isn't just some superficial thing he's talking about. He's saying, I'm looking at your heart. I'm looking deep down into the core of you, and I see what no one else sees. I see the hurt that you're walking around with. I see the pain that you're masking and hiding from everyone else. So they think you're cool, but you're actually really hurting right now. And Jesus is looking right in and seeing that, and he's going, do you want real rest? If you link up with me, I can give you that. But it starts with trust. To say, Jesus, I can't handle this anxiety anymore. Jesus, I can't handle this pain that's left over in me anymore i can't handle this family thing that i'm going through that every day i wake up and i'm heartbroken over i can't do it alone and he's like here put the yoke on Put this around your neck link up with me and let me do the pulling get in step with me and follow me and i'll show you i'm gonna make it light and easy on you but you got to trust me You've got to link up with me. You can't just say, go ahead, Jesus, do all the pulling." I'm still going to just do my thing and go my own way and live how I want to live. He's saying, get in step with me. Step out of the brokenness of your life. Step out of the sin in your life and the patterns of of just evil that we have so much. Step out of that and link up with me. And as we walk together, right, in the footsteps of Christ, all of a sudden we realize, Jesus, you're doing the pulling. Jesus, I... I should be freaked out right now. I should be without rest right now. But because I trust you, I know there's a plan. And I know how much you love me. And I know that you are at work in me. And so all of a sudden, all those things that should be stressing me out and taking, stealing my hope and my rest, they don't stand a chance. Because I'm linked up with Jesus. I want to ask you that tonight. Don't answer it out loud, but just in your heart. Like, are you linked up with Jesus tonight? Are you playing fake Christian? Are you playing youth group? Are you acting like you're worshiping, but in your heart, all you care about is some other thing? Or have you honestly said, Jesus, I'm putting this thing on. I'm linking up with you. I'm stepping into your mission and I'm trusting you. I'm stepping out of the world. I'm stepping out of my sin in this old life. I'm linking up with you because I want what you're offering. I want a rest that can't come from anywhere else. Have you really done that? Those of you who would come here tonight and say you're a Christian, like, what do you mean by that? Do you mean you just come to a place and now you just call yourself a Christian or you've actually sat with God and done, done some business with him and said, Lord, you need, I want to give you my heart trust you with my life. I believe Jesus died for me. I accept that. Have you actually done that with God where you've linked up with Jesus? You've joined his team. Where you've bowed before Jesus as your king and said, like, I serve you. Or have you stopped short and just said, like, well, I go to church, you know, and my friends are Christians or I go to a Christian school, so therefore I'm a Christian or my parents are Christians. But have you made it your faith Have you stepped up and said, this is for me now. This isn't for mom and dad. This isn't for my friends or my teachers. Like, this is for me, Jesus. I want that rest. I'm tired of what I feel in here. I'm tired of the brokenness in my life. I'm ready to have real rest. And I want you, you offer it. And it only comes through the salvation that Jesus offers. But you have to do that. Nobody can do it for you. You have to go before Jesus and say, Lord, I accept you. I make you my king. I'm locking in with you. I'm putting this yoke on, let's go. And he says, all right, let me do the pulling. You hang on tight because I'm going to pull and I'm going to make sure you're with me. And he's not letting you go. Genesis chapter one is really, it's an awesome passage. We're going to go there real quick. Look up here, Genesis one talks to us a little bit about this rest that Jesus is talking about. Like right away in the very beginning of the Bible, the fifth verse of the Bible, Genesis 1-5, it says, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Look at this part. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, if we go through the whole chapter and we look at every single day, every day is described as evening first, and then morning. How many of you guys look at like the beginning of your day being when the sun goes down? Isn't that usually like, what we call night, like that's the end of the day? But yet, right away in the Bible, God like sets out this plan for us, and he starts the day, you know when? When the sun goes down. The evening is the first part of the day. God immediately, as he sets up creation, listen to this, this is important for you, as he sets up creation itself and your life, in the rhythms of your body and your life, you know what God sets up? Rest comes first this moment of like every time you close your eyes and lay down in bed and go to sleep, you know what happens? You give up control. You essentially like die to your control. You're basically lying there helpless as you're sleeping. And so the very beginning of your day, you know what is, is dependent on trust that you're going to open your eyes again, that you're going to be able to get up later. God built that into us to Immediately say, I have to start my day off with rest, and I can't get rest unless I trust that I'm secure. So when Jesus says, here, put this on, link up with me, what he's offering is security. Take my salvation. Take my safety and my security. Let me guard you and protect you so you can have real rest. So you no longer have to worry about death and the penalty of sin and your shame and your guilt and your brokenness all that garbage that just wants to steal your hope. Jesus says, forget it all, leave it aside, die to it, and put on this yoke. Accept my salvation and let me pull you out of that sin and let me pull you out of that shame and all that hurt and start your day with rest so that you can go out of that rest and live for him as the day comes, as as that sun rises and you're able to go out rested and full instead of empty, and exhausted spiritually. You know, so many of us start off our day with prayer, right? Like we say prayer is so important. You wake up and you pray. We see Jesus does that even in Scripture. So many people in the Bible start their day with prayer and reading God's Word. And you think like, man, but I'm so busy. I'm such a busy person. Like my my schedule is so full. I have school and sports and drama and music and all these different things. And my family does stuff like I can't fit another thing in. I, w- I need rest, not more tasks to do, Rob. Like, you're going to fill up my schedule even more? I'm already exhausted. Have you ever heard of a guy named Martin Luther, this really smart guy who knew God well? He says this. Listen to his, what he says about prayer. Martin Luther says, I'm so busy. I'm so busy that if I don't spend three hours each day in prayer, I couldn't get through the day. He's so busy, he has to spend three more hours out of his day praying just to get through his day. Do you hear how that almost seems ironic to us? Like it seems contradictory, like you're going to add more stuff. And Martin Luther realizes something. He can't get through the day and all the stuff he has to do if he doesn't go before God first and get the strength and the power to go do it. If you're not making time in your life, to commune with your creator, to plug in and say, God, I need you today. I need your spirit to refresh me and fill me with energy so I can go out and live for you. Then you're trying to do it on an empty tank. You need to prioritize the things that will actually let you wake up and go live for Jesus, live a full life. And so many of us, that's the first thing we cut. Man, I don't have time today. I'm busy. I have a test. I don't have time to pray. Or read my Bible. That's the first thing I get rid of when I have a busy schedule. The Bible like, listen, that's the first thing you need. Fail the test. And get in touch with Jesus. That's more important. Miss the appointment. And spend time with God that day. Prioritize the things that really matter. The problem is a lot of times we don't think it really matters. We prioritize the physical things fleshly things, and we think spiritual things out, we can just push that to the side. It's not that big of a deal. And Jesus is like, it's your very life. It's the breath in your lungs. How are you ever going to go out and do those things? The day starts with rest, with filling up with Jesus, so that then you can go out, get out of bed, and go live for Jesus. So many Christians are trying to do it without prayer without resting in God, without those moments of just, like, healing and bringing your stuff before him and saying, I just can't. Like, God, I'm broken today. Have you seen what happened? Like, I need you to just reach into me, Holy Spirit, and mend these broken parts of my heart today. And he shows you in his word how he's there for you, how he loves you, how he's always faithful, and he starts to build up that faith in your heart. So you're not facing the day on an empty tank. You're able to go out there with the power of God, and change the world, because you're doing it in his power. Have you ever tried starting your day, saying, God, I need you today? Let me, let me get my rest physically and spiritually so that I can go attack the day in your name. Moses is one of the guys who had this put down in writing, right? The, all this, the Bible was passed on through oral tradition, spoken story-wise for a long time before writing existed. This God just like promoted his story so people would hear it and know it. And Moses came along and he put it in writing. And so that we could go today and we get to thank him for that because we get to read it our own like we are tonight. And so Moses, if you guys know the story of Moses as a baby, the Pharaoh was trying to kill all these babies, these firstborn sons of the Israelites. Mom puts him in a basket, sends him down the river, right? We've talked about this, how, how Moses eventually ends up being found. By royalty and, and grows up as royalty in Egypt. And so Moses is looking out at his people, the Israelites, that he knows he's actually an Israelite raised in his Egyptian, and he sees his people now as slaves. He watches them as he wakes up and looks out the windows of the palace, and he sees his people out there sweating, being whipped and beaten, working till their hands are just bleeding. And he feels for them. And he hurts for them. And as he watches them, he sees what they're doing. And what we know the Israelites did most was make bricks. It was a horrible job. It was a hard job to make these bricks all day, every day. You wake up early. You break your back making these bricks until late at night. And you go to bed just to wake up early the next day and start all over again, constantly making these bricks. It was exhausting. It was hard work. And so as Moses wrote these words down that God had given, they have this mindset of, I understand how important rest really is. Because I'm exhausted. Have you seen my life? Have you seen me making bricks nonstop all day, every day as a slave being beaten if I don't go fast enough? I know how important rest is. God frees them, right, from Egypt. They cross the Red Sea and they receive this. And and as they read it now as free people, can you imagine what they're feeling? My day literally starts with rest, something I haven't known my whole life. And all of a sudden, I might be able to experience what it feels like to be free and to have rest. That's what Jesus is offering you. But so many of us just keep coming back to the bricks, and we want to make more bricks. It's like each brick is like, hey, my my job or making more money or having more friends or getting people to validate how important I am and all of these things, we just keep building more bricks for ourselves instead of walking over here to Jesus and saying, let me put that yoke on because I know you want to make me free and you want to give me rest. Instead, we say, no, I'd rather be a slave to my bricks. I'd rather keep making these, keep trying to impress people and and make the world proud of me in ways that will never work, that will constantly exhaust me and leave me feeling hopeless, because that's all bricks do. That's all bricks do. It's funny that the first thing we ask people, especially adults, when you meet them is like, hey, what do you do for a living, right? What, What bricks do you make? kind of job do you have? I had asked some students uh, what they wanted to do in life. And I got answers. Be the next Jeff Bezos. I want a lot of bricks. He's got like the most bricks, right? Or close to it. Someone else said, I want to be Elon Musk. Bricks and rockets, you know, like sweet. Like it's all about the bricks. It wasn't like I'm going to start a company, work real hard. It was like, I just want the bricks. I want, Stuff I want, like, all of these things. They wanted to have the most bricks. It's almost like we're addicted to being slaves. Like, we don't know how to do anything else but make bricks. And when Jesus comes along, he's like, I want to give you freedom. I want to take you out of Egypt. I want to send you, set you free. I want you to have rest. I want you to have a full life. We're scared of it, and we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can put that yoke on. I'm not sure I want that because my bricks are comfortable, and I, I got a lot of them now. I'd rather stay over here as a brickmaker than be in royalty, paired up with the Son of God Himself. Are you addicted to your bricks? Too busy trying to impress your friends, be popular, get that really high GPA, get into a nice college and job. You want to make lots of money. Are you addicted to your bricks so much that you can't stop and say, "The most important thing in my life is You, Jesus. I'm ready to put the yoke on." Ready to leave the bricks behind and just say, I'm yours. Let's go. Hebrews 4.10 says this. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. You see, Hebrews tells us that God literally, after this passage here at the end of chapter 1 in Genesis, sorry, that we just read, he rests he, he takes a break after six days of working day seven in Genesis 2 the first part says that God literally just rests he stops his work and Hebrew says that we get to do that too if we trust in God that his son Jesus when he came and died on the cross you don't have to work anymore it's not you're not like governed by this law that made you behave and made you do certain things out of obligation trying to impress God. Instead, Jesus came and said, you're never going to be able to do it. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be perfect. You can't do it. You were born broken. So I'm going to the cross. Step out of my way. Let me do this. And he's hung on a cross. And he dies a horrible, painful death. He takes the wrath of God himself. Full punishment for all of your sins you ever have and ever will commit. So that you can rest. So that you don't have to do it. So that you don't have to feel the guilt and the shame of your past anymore. Instead, you can look at Jesus, who you're linked to, who's doing the pulling. Who's doing the saving. Who's sanctifying you, which means he's making you more and more like him. With every step. Every pull. As you lay down those bricks, instead, you trust Jesus. It says that's how you enter rest. You step into it because you don't have to worry about death coming for you anymore. You're going to live forever at the side of Jesus. You don't have to worry about what sin can do to you anymore because he's already paid for it. There's no more penalty. Hell isn't a problem for you anymore. You're on your way to heaven to be with Jesus forever. Now you get to act like Jesus. You're privileged and free to do those things and to live like Christ because you love him. You're linked to him, you're walking in step with Him. See, starting off your day with rest means placing your trust in God. You wake up and you say, "God, today I trust you." I'm going to pray, I'm going to just talk to you, and I'm going to tell you that, Lord, my life is yours. Whatever you want for me today, let me step into it. Let me stay in patience. And there's something really cool about that. because Let me me show you. Matthew 3.17, it says this, And behold, a voice from heaven, God the Father, said, This is my beloved son. Like he's looking down at Jesus, and he says, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, if you know anything about this passage, you'll know that Jesus hasn't started his ministry yet. He hasn't gone out and healed a bunch of people and done a bunch of really cool things. Jesus has not gone to the cross. He hasn't died for us. He hasn't rose again from the dead. The things that Jesus came to do, he hasn't done yet. The very mission that God gave him he hasn't even started. This is the starting point. This is the beginning. But yet, listen to what it says, what God says to him. God the Father says, with whom I am well pleased. Already, before he ever went to the cross, before he ever died, before he ever rose again, before he ever did the things God the Father sent him to do. He was already pleased with it. It's beautiful because he wasn't trying to earn it. He didn't have to earn it. He was already loved and accepted by God. And if that's our Savior, if that's our God who we're linking up with, you know, that's what it means for us too. You might be thinking, like, how am I ever going to be good enough to link up with Jesus? How am I ever going to keep in step with him? How am I going to join this thing he's on? He's Jesus. It's like being next to the God of the universe, and then there's me, and we're going to share the same yoke. Like, how is that going to happen? And God literally tells us here, I already love you. I'm already pleased with you. Before you go and fix all the sin in your life and the brokenness, before you go out and start sharing the gospel and living for me and doing things, before any of that, exactly how you are, where you sit tonight, God is already pleased and ready. He's like, hey, come on, join. Take the bricks and let them go so you can put this on. There's no work that you have to do. You come as you are tonight. Romans 5.8 is proof of that. <laughs> Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. you hear me? I share this with you guys almost weekly. This verse means so much to me because I know I'm broken. I know that if I don't have Jesus, I can never be saved. I know that if I don't have Jesus, there's no hope for me. But even in the middle of my sin, Jesus looked down and said, I'm going to die for you just how you are. If you'll link up with me, there is salvation. And I'm going to work in your life. I'm going to get to work repairing the sin and repairing the brokenness. You don't have to go out and try to please me. I'm pleased. I love you now. I'm already willing to die for you. And he has. I love that verse. Because without it, I don't have hope. And if I don't have hope, guess what I don't have? I don't have rest. And he wants to tell us how to have rest tonight. He goes one step further. So I'm going to share this last verse with you, and then I'm going to close. Deuteronomy 31.8. It says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. God is literally going ahead of you, fighting your battles, pioneering the path and clearing the way for you. If God himself is running ahead and clearing the road, guess what? You can have full assurance that that road is secure and you can follow him. You can have rest knowing that God is blazing the trail of your life. You can have full assurance that if you're linked up with Jesus, you're on a path that come what may, good or bad, you're secure in Jesus. There will be trials. There will be hard times. Everything won't be perfect, but what you will have is that you're linked with Jesus. And He's already blazing the path of your life. If You'll trust Him. Listen, I know there's some of you guys struggling with trusting Jesus. tonight. I know that you're wondering if He's trustworthy. The best thing I ever did with my life when I faced that choice, do I trust Him or not? Was I just took a step of faith. I just chose to trust Him and say, God, I I don't know even how to do this I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have faith. I'm just gonna believe you and see what you do. And I'll, he has changed my entire life. It was the best choice I ever made. I can't tell you that I had all the answers in the moment, but what I did have was faith. If you'll take that first step, that's difficult, of stepping out and saying, "Jesus, tonight, I want to talk to my life group leader. I want to talk to Pastor Rob after." And I'm ready to say, Jesus, I want to link up with you. I don't know how to do it. I might not even know what that means, but I have the faith tonight to say, I want, I want all this hopelessness gone. The sin gone. I want this brokenness gone. I'm ready to rest. I don't know how to do it, so I'm just going to take a step of faith and trust you tonight, so I can step into your rest. Will you close your eyes for just a minute? The band's going to come back up here and lead us in a song. And as they do, will you just stop for a second and just ask God, am I really linked up with Jesus? Just look at your life for a second and say, like, am I actually linked up with Jesus or am I just kind of walking a pace of my own? And Hear what Jesus has to say back.